0: You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed the content lately. Uh, I've enjoyed the conversations that I've had with Michelle. And um, I wish that in that conversation with Michelle was the last time I was sick. But no, once again, I am sick. I swear the South is trying to kill me right now. It's it's insane that that time I had, I'm pretty sure it was bronchitis. That's what the doctor said. And this time could be some who knows, maybe strep again. It's just the South is trying to kill me. Also, to keep my room from being the Arctic. Uh, I have to close the vent, but can you hear? It? Yeah, you can hear. It. Yeah, it's great. That's wonderful because we try to keep it nice and cool so the girls can sleep well. But in reality, it's—I I have a blanket on, I, I have jeans and a long sleeve shirt and socks, and it's summer. So that should let you know what is what is happening when I record. But yeah, so yes, you can hear. I I am either sick or just the allergies are the worst. So hopefully you can bear with me, or you can. Maybe you enjoy it because it makes me sound more radio-like. Welcome to the Theology Music Podcast. Okay, I'm done. All right, anyway. Gentle whispers in the dead of night. Okay, so today is actually a song uh, that was, has been requested, and I've actually wanted to uh, do for a long time, uh, and it's called King of Kings by Hillsong United. Sorry, Hillsong Worship, and uh, yeah, it's, it came out uh, two years ago. Uh, It was really big for a while. And also, just starting off the bat, it's one of those nerd moments for me. So this song has a part in the chorus where you go into your head voice, right? So it's praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit free for free. Three in one, God of glory, majesty. You go go up into your head voice. Uh, I can't tell you how many songs I heard that had some type of head voice that after that. So I will tell you right now, I don't really think it's that congregationally friendly because of that. Either you have to go really low and then the verses, that's kind of awkward. Not everyone, not every female can sing that well. And when you, I mean, come on, if you're a singer and you know you can't sing head voice well, it's one of the most difficult and embarrassing things you can do because you're just you're sitting there going, oh, I don't want to sing this part. And then it hits you and you, eh, eh, eh. so part about it. Anyway, so this song was written by Hillsong Worship. Brooke Likertwood is the one who sings it who you guys know I'm a fan of and it came out like I said 2019 a couple of years ago and it's big still big it's one of the songs that stays within the top 10 uh it has stayed within the top 10 at one point it was one within the top five of worship songs uh in 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 uh for a while actually it was really up there uh and it, it's a good song a lot of people like it because it has um it, the the lyrics are packed more right than typical Hillsong songs, or just or just typical contemporary worship songs, uh, and so thank you guys for requesting the song. You know, so, uh, like I said, someone requested it, um, but but they they said uh, they, they know it's a wordy song, but they love how the gospel is sung, and, uh, and they want to know what my thoughts were on it. And so, let's just kind of look through it. So in the first verse, um, oh, I will say before we get started too, um, I think that the. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can say I'm just being stupid, but I think the intro is pretty. Um, <clears throat> the intro and the interlude are pretty uh, lame. Just the piano, dum 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 dum. Some people might say it's really simple, and uh, I love the use of space. I don't know. I just musically it's a little simple for me. Not that I have to have musically intricate interludes or intros. It's just one of the first things I notice as a musician. Okay, so first, first, in the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light till from heaven you came running and there was mercy in your eyes so let's look at that first part <clears throat> okay so technically I will say this technically we weren't waiting right Scripture says we were dead in our trespasses in our sins right? we weren't actually alive we were dead and if we we're dead then we're not waiting um, so I really I, w- I would say that I don't think um, that first part really is, is true um, you could change i mean you can't change it because that's illegal but i just i just think it's not true i mean we're you know we we weren't waiting but we, we were without hope and without light that is very true and until and from heaven you came running which is very artistic interpretation of jesus coming down uh there was mercy in your eyes i just i just keep laughing because it makes me think of uh like when i was in um after school care and my parents were late to pick me up I feel like I have that picture now of that's that's how I was that's how we were we were just in the darkness waiting after school care and and mom forgot us and then she finally came running there was mercy in her eyes anyway sorry (laughs) so but but that is true God God didn't come to seek and destroy Christ didn't do that He says that He came to to save right you know to save those to heal those uh, that are are sick and are lost and so. to so fulfill the law and prophets continue on the verse to to a virgin came the word i think it's supposed to be world i it's the word came to a virgin came the word never mind sorry from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt so that's really cool that's incarnation language and you guys know i love the incarnation i just think it's such a beautiful concept within our faith now to fulfill right I, you i'm i'm picky with words because i'm a writer right so i understand two language like that language that denotes uh, purpose and reason uh, behind the statement that follows it you have to be really careful with this right so to fulfill the law and prophets uh, to a virgin came the word did jesus only come down and be un- incarnated right and you know be a virgin birth because he wanted to fulfill the law and prophets or was that just a part of it right that's nitpicky, but I I do want us to think about that. I mean words matter. R. C. Sproul said that all the time. He said words matter. He he uh, John Piper one time said, I think I've said this before, it's one of my favorite stories hearing from John Piper. And he said one time he said something, it was something very similar. He said two instead of one word and and uh and um R C Sproul he hit you know, John Piper preached a really good sermon, he was feeling really great about it, and R. C. Sproul came up to him afterwards and he said, Why'd you say two? When you said that he's like, Why don't I I said, no, why'd why'd you say it like that? And he goes, oh, I was. Oh, man, I just, I guess I messed up. Yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, you're right. And he goes, words matter. You taught something wrong there. And John Piper went, well, okay, well. (laughs) But this is true. Words do matter, and we we need to, we need to take care. But it's it it is true. He did fulfill the law and prophets, right? It, all of the Old Testament signals his birth and and incarnation, right? There's so many parts in the Old Testament that talk about it. Micah, right? There's many many places in Scripture that unpack uh, and and foreshadow Christ's coming, right? And he did come to a virgin, right? To Mary, and he did come as the Word, right? John John instead of the other Gospels doesn't start with um, the birth story, right, or Jesus being born. He starts with, for the Word, you know, before there was anything, there was the Word, and the Word became flesh and, the, and, and it dwelt among us, and, it, and it's all about Christ becoming flesh as the Word, and so uh, it's a really cool depiction of um, Christ's birth in, in the Incarnation. So, And from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt, that's just really cool. You know, it's, it's wonderful to think about God as, as coming down and being a part of our station, right? Being a part of our, uh, our issues and our, our, why am I saying it? Like I'm Australian, Uh, our uh, difficulties. And he, he, he isn't simply just a God that snaps his fingers and it's done. He, he came down um, from a throne of endless glory. So that is a beautiful line. I really do appreciate that about that line. right and so i mean and some of you might be thinking well didn't he say in like matthew that he did come to fulfill, fulfill the law and, uh, to uh to fulfill the law in the prophets yes he did right um but when we get to who he is right which it's not about so this this is what i'm saying the course right praise the father praise the son praise the spirit three in one god of glory majesty praise forever to the king of kings right we 're talking about Jesus, but we 're not just talking about the fact that he fulfilled the law uh, and it 's not to nitpick but it 's just to make sure that we remember why he did it well one of the reason why he did it was to seek and save the lost right to to bring those who his father has told him home right to fulfill god 's will really was why he came down um, and he many times in the New Testament. Jesus says, "I'm not. I'm not doing this. Uh, the will of the Father is the reason why I'm doing this." So, it's just clarity there. But I like how the chorus is Trinitarian. Right? Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. Three in one, God of glory, Majesty. Praise forever to the King of Kings. Great chorus, right? Love it. Um, I love uh, the Trinitarian language. I will say, like I said, uh, the Majesty. Right. Well, that was. I'm sick. Okay. The Majesty part. It's not singable. I mean, it's difficult for a lot of people to sing. Um, guys, of course, you'd be like, I got it. No, no guy's going to try to go up, up up, top and sing the melody like that. Um, now I will say one thing thematically about the song. Um, would have been really cool is if the verses unpacked the different members of the, of the Trinity and then the Trinity with the Trinitarian language in the chorus would have stood out more. This chorus is fine because it's, it's, you know, oh, yes, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, and majesty. It's, it's good because it's, it's true when we're praising God. Uh, but actually, when I was at uh, 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 one of my jobs at a church uh, at Coastal, actually, um, one of my friends there, who's the worship pastor um, at, uh, at one of the other campuses, he wrote an amazing song um, with verses that talked about members of the Trinity. Right and, it, and the whole but what was so beautiful was the song was about how God loved us in in every personhood of the Trinity and that's really cool So that that was such a wonderful song um, and it taught the Trinity well. This song I think missed out on that opportunity It really could have taught the Trinity well and you know in the darkness we we're waiting right that could have been okay that could have been Christ right. Uh, to reveal the kingdom coming, to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross. It's still Jesus. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation. Jesus, for your sake, for our sake, you died. It's still Jesus, right? There's other. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's the gospel, but you're not telling me how the the all of the Trinity is involved in the, in the story of the gospel. And it would have made the course stick out more. I think it would have given it more power. Right. I've said this before. Choruses need to be the summation and the culmination of what you've been thinking and, and singing about in the verses, not just something that sounds nice. Because sure, it's going to sound nice. But here's the thing. You're going to be obsessed with the choruses and the bridges and not the verses. Right. It should all come together in a beautiful harmony within the song to where you the verses push you. Um, Matt and I, he he, my partner in the Grace Collective, he would always he hated when I'd say the word push. Uh, Because as a songwriter, I believe elements in the song need to push to the next element. So if it's a verse, it needs to push you to the chorus, not just you are getting through the verse to get to the chorus. You're being pushed by what you're singing, how you're singing it. So even melodically, but specifically the lyrics, right? The lyrics are pushing you towards the chorus. And then the chorus pushes you towards the next portion of the song, right? That's That's why there's a lot of songs. Who will will actually change their courses as the themes or the the language changed. That's totally fine. I love that. But it's difficult for some people because it means you have to kind of pay more attention to the screen. Right. You can't just simply or pay attention when you're singing. You can't just simply go. okay, it's the course again. I remember this. Right. That's I get that. And so I that's attention. I think I've tried to manage too as a songwriter is okay, singable courses that are general enough that can apply at the beginning of the song and the end of the song right thematically but also um are not just simply a chorus that sounds nice that we put in there you know so but let's keep moving right so that that course is is really cool to, to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross i mean there's there's a lot there's honestly so much scriptural illusion in this song i mean there, there's just so much there really is you know you you've got so much of this this new testament language in here right where where Christ saved us while we were still at the, we were still helpless at the right time. Christ saved us. Right, Romans language, and and then you have you know he when you look at uh, humility, right? One of the, the the greatest figure of humility in all of all of, not creation, all of history is Christ. And, and one of my favorite verses of all time is in in Philippians when it just talks about how um, you know Christ um, who who humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, right? It wasn't just uh, okay. I'm gonna have to do this, but he was he was obedient and and for uh, in, in joy, right? He died to fulfill the will of the Father, and that's what's so beautiful that, that Christ didn't scorn the cross. That Christ didn't look at his his death for our payment for sins and in the justice of God's wrath and just pay, the just payment of God's wrath as something that was a burden in that way. Uh, he he willingly chose it, and it made him happy to do the will of the Father in that way, and we were blessed by it. So, yes, did, did Jesus know he was dying for us? Yes, I, I do. I, Jesus is God. He knows who he's dying for. He knows who God sent him to die for, um, and... He knows, though, ultimately, that God's glory in, in his His uh, praise is the ultimate goal. And so Jesus doing the will of the Father, as he said many times in the New Testament, was his greatest joy. And, and so we look at the bridge, right, which is basically just another verse. And it says, in the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. So that stone was moved for good, and for, for the Lamb had conquered death. You know, once again, artistic language with the all of heaven, heaven, all the heaven held its breath. Look, I'm sick. I can't hold it till that stone was moved for good. For the lamb had conquered death. I, I, does did heaven hold its breath? Who knows? Uh, but he did accomplish what he was supposed to, and that was he conquered death. I love it. Death no longer has sting, right? Because the greatest enemy of man was what happens after we go, right? It's death because death would ha- would have a final say on our, our life, right? If you die today and you are not in Christ, you're not going to a place that's good and, and fun and re- being reincarnated as a slug or something like that or a cat, right? That's not happening. But if you are in Christ, when you die, you actually go to a place that is far better, that to a, to a life that far exceeds the one you have now, even though it may be hard to believe if you have a really good life right now. And that's the hard part, man. A lot of people... Who have been in the church, who have grown up in the church, will look at that, right? They'll they'll say, And the dead rose from the tombs, the angels stood in offer, the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And they just kinda go, Okay, cool. And the church of Christ was born, when then the Spirit lit the flame. That's Pentecost, right? Okay, that's cool. And this gospel truth truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint, right? Oh, okay, Christ, that's that's nice. Uh this gospel truth of old, meaning, you know, Jesus and his word, but I mean, it's, that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, by his blood in, in his name, in his freedom I am free. That is, uh, yeah, but you know what people will say? Okay, yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah, we have redemption through his blood, forgive us our trespasses, you know, Hebrews, sorry, Ephesians, um, you know, it, he he bore our sin on in, his, in, his, in, uh, in himself on the tree, right? Okay, fine, yeah, that's cool, you know. All right, you know, we were redeemed by him. We're free now. For the love of Christ, of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me, That the after by his blood and in his name and his freedom I'm free by for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me, right? We we are resurrected in him, right? For though the law though for though through the law I died to the law, this is Paul in the Galatians, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we're going to we're going to be raised with him. We experienced the same exact resurrection. But once again, there are so many people who are going to hear that and they're going to go, okay, cool, great, let's, whatever, like, great, fine. Because they have such, in quotes, a good life. And that's that's my fear for many of us in in, in in the American church. We have such a good life that we don't understand or appreciate the gospel, right? We don't appreciate that truth that, hold on, not everything in my life really is peachy keen because I don't actually have christ right i can have everything i can have money and and fame and power and everything i could ever hope to have but without christ it will all end anyway but except when this one ends one i didn't even use it for his glory so it didn't even have purpose and two when it all goes and i'm left empty it's going to make it even worse when i'm not with him in paradise but i am outside of that Right, it, we, the sting of death will feel worse for those who are not in Christ, not because we we don't feel the sting, but what I'm saying is, it's worse if you just lived your life saying you're a Christian, right? Right, and, and Christ says, "I'm." You'll say, "Lord, Lord," and I say, "I didn't even know you." The, the sting of death is worse for those people who are who think they're in Christ but aren't really, and and I think this song does a good job, kind of putting it into our face, right, because you can't really get past this song without thinking that it's about christ and in, in in the gospel it's pretty clear there is gospel language the 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 song glorifies the lord right it's all about jesus and god which is great i mean that's great christ exalting language i love it and this is brooke Ligertwood; like she does a great job writing songs that praise jesus she really does um, and as as much as i knock the song for its singability and its musicality it, it would be a good song to sing in your services uh, and I think it would benefit your church. Um, but I would say it's it's so packed. You really need to make sure you've unpacked it before you, you expose your church to it. I mean, it's it's a lot of churches will do this song because it's Hill Song. And they'll go, yeah, great. It's easy. Hill Song, let's do it. Uh, but like Michelle and I talked about, you should really be doing your work, your homework, worship pastor, pastor, worship leader, uh, to help your church. And then help them do the homework on their own before then so they have a better approach and they have a better understanding of the song, right, because it is packed there's so much here about Christ in that the 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 angels stood in awe of Christ and what he was doing because God had restored souls he he brought many sons to glory, and then he lit the the flame of the spirit in bringing the spirit to the to the church to his bride, so that we could do greater things than he said he ever did. There's so much power in that, and what happens so often is we 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 get wrapped up in our todays and what we have going on. And I bet you, what happens here is we just get wrapped up in the emotion of the song. And and Cliff and I are going to talk about that next week, just talking about emotion emotionalism and, and experientialism and, and stuff like that, where we just get kind of wrapped up in what we're what we're singing, like how we're singing it, not exactly what lyrically we're singing, what truth we're singing. Uh, in my fear and i'm pretty sure this happens a lot is people will sing songs like this and because they know it in this hill song their immediately emotions are immediately their emotions are kind of kicked into high gear oh yes okay i can i can worship to this song and i'm like and i keep thinking but do you really understand who you're talking about i mean yes the song does a great job unpacking the gospel i wish it did a better job unpacking the personhood of the trinity but it does a great job talking about what jesus did but do you understand that i mean christ listen reader christ reader listener christ died for you right and if you are in christ you are a co-heir with christ you experience all the blessing and all the joy and all all that you could be even given because you're in christ and and you will share in the same resurrection that he had right when you die like there's there's so much there there's so much good in christ that it's so sad when we settle for the, the good, in quotes, of this world. When we settle for what we have, right? So I have been sick, I'm, I swear. I We got down here in March, staying with her sister's family in March. I was sick within two weeks. <laughs> See? <laughs> sick within two weeks. Then I finally kind of got better. Then two more weeks. And then I finally got better. Then we moved to our own place. And I got sick. I got strep. I got bronchitis and now who knows what's going on right now and it's really hard i, I mean I'll, I'll be honest it's hard to not get downcast uh i wrestled with with image for a long time and i still wrestle with it to this day but it's really hard when you know what you want to do the goals that you want to achieve right physically and in in performance with fitness and you can't do it because your body literally won't let you because it can't right it's it's just trying to make sure you don't die right you're your your antibodies and your um, immune system are just trying to do whatever they can to keep you kicking, and you're exhausted, and many of you guys wrestle with chronic illness. You wrestle with this kind of stuff. And so my, my encouragement to you would be, hey, if, if that's you, and you're on the, the downside of faith, right, take heart knowing that Christ, in his payment for your sin on the cross, made a way for you To enter into paradise where none of that matters anymore. You won't have any of those issues and pain. Now, I will say, though, for those of you who look at your life and you think it's pretty cushy, because maybe it is cushy, I think you're going to be really disappointed with what you did with your life while you were here. Uh, Scripture is pretty clear, like degrees of glory in heaven, right? And when I've heard a lot of people preach about that, they kind of just preach about how it's not that you get a better station than someone else in heaven, but that other people are are better able to experience the glory of God. Now, I don't know, right? I, who knows? We, never, we don't know what it's going to be like. And don't say, I, I went to heaven and I came back because I was in a coma. Shut your mouth. That doesn't happen. But we won't know until we get to heaven. So we don't really know what the the fleshed out uh, implications of that verse are, right? Of different degrees of glory for those who are in heaven right but i do think it is true that if we as christians right gospel believing bible reading uh community driven christians who are living out our faith day in and day out uh but given to the cares of this world right as as the parable of the sower talks about i, I honestly think it doesn't mean we're not in christ but i do think heaven in, in god we're going to be really disappointed with what we did while we were here right? we didn't get it right. And so we're going to look at heaven and go, man, now we're going to be consumed with God. Right. Uh, but I wonder, I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder if we're going to look at, look at it and go, man, I really wish I would have done that. I really wish I would have been more intentional. Uh, and cause I guarantee we all can be more intentional. So all that to say, guys, I, I think it's a really good song. like I said, I wanted to do this song a long time ago and I think it would be good for every church to do. Because uh, it does exalt Christ, it, it is gospel centered it, it's sanctification uh, not really sanctification focused, but it does have some uh, really cool elements in it and it is God honoring, not man honoring Now I will say congregationally friendly, not really there you know it's it's that chorus kind of messes you up. Um, so there you go. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Get ready for uh, my podcast next week where I sit down with a cigar on a nice summer night with a friend of mine cliff if you've heard before and uh we just talk about what we think is hurting the um corporate worship in the american church uh but with that thank you guys so much once again for listening to the theology of music pray for me pray for my allergies you know if you're super charismatic and you name and claim can you name and claim uh no more allergies for me because that'd be great uh i would love to not have allergies ever again because they stink they really stink try try recording try recording vocals and you're just going, you're really trying not to do in, nasally, like, ugh, it's the worst. So anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a great and, and joyful Lord's Day as you join in corporate worship. See you guys.